0: Uh, All right, everybody, welcome in. This is the latest episode of the 1796 Sports Podcast. Uh, This is your host, Bryce. I'm back in action. Uh, a little under the weather last week, but here we are. So the Tennessee Vols just beat George Mason, covered the spread, won by 21 points, 87-66. Yeah, we'll get right into it. What would you all think about that game?
1: Well, uh, first half, as always, I feel like this team starts off really slow and uh, just takes them a minute to find their place uh i feel like it's been really just get it's like a usual thing nowadays it feels like
2: yeah i think uh, george mason is a decent offensive team they, they came into this game ranked 96th in ken pom which is perfectly respectable for a team of their of their standing but um yeah it's like you said we we do tend to start start slow against these uh lesser opponents, but I think that's just the result of the type of basketball league we, we choose to play, which is defense first, and if the shots aren't falling, these slow starts are pretty common.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was also, you know, George Mason, th- that was their first loss of the season, so I don't think it was, you know, too surprising. Granted, they don't really play anybody, but they came out tough at first. You know, it was 39-26 to 26 at the half. Um but yeah, so obviously, you know, Tennessee Connect is this somebody fact checked me on this, but this might be the first game of the season that Connect didn't lead in scoring.
1: Well, I mean it's kind of hard when ADU just could miss.
0: Dude, I know. Like that's that's well, that's immediately gonna stand out to everybody is ADU was the leading scorer with 17 points, eight rebounds and four assists, and a block. Um, Adu was 7 of 11 from the field, made his only free throw, and was 2 of 2 on three pointers. So uh, there was the Adu coming out party tonight.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, talking about connect, I mean, I, I still think he's hurting a little bit from what happened last week. So I, I didn't really expect him to do a whole lot tonight. I don't know how many minutes he played, but he definitely played a, a lot less than he has been playing. Yeah. And- so
0: he hadn't been coming off the, the court. But tonight he, he played 25. He played the least amount of any starters. So,
2: yeah,
1: which your- I think that was their plan, though. Yeah, yeah
0: it makes sense.
2: Yeah, so, you shouldn't ha- have to need him to drop 37 to be beating George Mason, which he didn't, and we still won. So,
1: yeah, plan. he do needed that game, too, though.
0: Yeah, he did. He for real did because everybody's been talking about it, including us. Like, you need to, see, we need to see more from him. And, and he, you know, he stepped up good. So, uh, Somebody else who stepped a Walker stepped up. I mean oh, that was yeah. that was nice to see. I mean a Walker came through with eleven points and seven boards.
1: Well, I think he's finally healthy. I think he he's yeah. finally getting to where he's. I don't think he's a hundred percent still. I think he's probably ninety percent. But I mean, you, being out those big games, you could tell it's a big thing with his team. I mean, he's got to be healthy.
2: Yeah, yep. I, I think the the loss of a for those few games. I mean that could not be understated how important he is to depth in the post. I mean, that's probably why Adu had a terrific game tonight. He didn't have to play 30-plus minutes because Awaka is just not much of a drop-off. I mean, I I, I, I think if we had Awaka in, in one of those last three games, we'd probably squeak out a win in one of them. I, I think he makes that big of a difference.
0: Well, I agree with you, and that's why it was frustrating. Like, we've talked about it a little bit, is how, you know, they're – the depth in the post is a little concerning, but you know, tonight proved when a waka's in there should be good enough. Yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah. I wish I could just give a walk or not a waka uh, A do like 20 pounds. I'd give Another. him 20 pounds. He would be an absolute sledgehammer.
2: Dude, I mean, it's, it's nice to see him. It's, it's like we, we just, I mean, it's after you play three of the best big men in the country. Like I think Adu's up there too. I just think, you know, he's, he's not used to playing three games in a row against three probably NBA players. Like, he, I, I think he's perfectly serviceable at center. And I think he's going to be one of the best big men in the SEC. Like, I think it's just about who he's been going up against.
0: Uh, Ryan, what what did you think about your favorite player, Ziegler's performance?
2: Well, the one thing I, I always think this about Ziegler is – it looks like he's doing a ton on the offensive end, but he's really, he's really not. I mean, he has six assists. He always has assists because he handles the ball a ton, but I I texted it to y'all during the game. Like he takes too many threes for my liking. I think he, he should be a spot up shooter. I don't think he's that good off the dribble, but you know, and on the defensive end, people tend to shoot over him because they realize, Oh, this guy's not as big as I'm used to. So they shoot over him and, that that if you really pay attention, that that happens a lot. But whenever Ziegler is you know stealing the ball and taking it away and not letting them get to a spot where they can shoot over him, he's it's fine. So Yeah, I mean
0: if he's, he's not, I mean, but if he he got two steals tonight, but if he's not getting steals, he's a defensive liability. But yeah, I, I, I mean, agree. that's fine. I mean, you know that's what his role is. You know, you're not really expecting Ziegler to go lock up the best player on the other team, but. Um, what do y'all think, Jim? Especially, like, what what do you think about Vescovy? Like, what? Why does he? I don't know if it's something like that's being coached or if it's just personal choice. But last year he was like the go to guy. Like he he was not afraid to shoot last year, and this year it's it seems like he's fine. Like he's kind of being in the background.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I posted on Twitter. I it it looks like he just doesn't. I wouldn't go as far as saying doesn't want to play basketball anymore but like the fact that he i don't care what anyone says he is the best three point shooter on the floor and he's had he had a couple opportunities where they're giving him 2 3 feet of space and it's like he'll do a pump fake and he'll pass the ball or even he'll do a pump fake they won't even move and he he's looking to pass the ball so i don't know if it's a mental thing or I don't, I I don't know his personal issue of what happened, um, but that could be a big factor. I mean, we don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like Bryce. You you just said it. Like last year, he he was the man, especially after Ziegler went down with his injury. I mean, he, he was our main guy for for points. So and he's proven that he can do it, even when he's getting a ton of attention. And this year, he's getting far less. But he just isn't being as aggressive. So.
0: Well, I know he doesn't have to be, but, like, sometimes he he probably will. You know, like, we struggled against – in Maui, you know, we struggled a little bit. And it would have been nice to see last year's Vescovy come out, you know. So, I feel like especially in the SEC games, it's going to be kind of hard. You're probably not going to get 17 points from Adu every single night. And Connect Connect is incredible, but I don't think – it's the smartest thing to rely on him getting 25 a game.
1: No, I think connect's going to be a a 16 to 18 point average in the sec play. I mean, cause I mean, there are teams that are just not as good, you know, that really I'm not worried about, but like, I mean, A&M, Auburn, even Auburn's looking real good this year. Um, Mm -hmm. you got a bunch of, you know, weaker teams like Vanderbilt, not worried, you know, but, this game right here, this George Mason game, was a good, uh, Adu said it during his interview, it, it was a good get on, getting back on track game. Mm-hmm. Um, defense was slow to get there uh, a couple minutes into the game, and they finally woke up and was like, okay. I mean, the fact that we're putting 87 up on the scoreboard is, is great, but I would love to be able to see the defense keep teams to 55, 50 points. But, yeah. It hasn't been a thing. But George Mason isn't isn't a isn't a team to just throw away. I mean, they're gonna probably be in the tournament this year.
2: Yeah, I mean King English is a good coach. He's not their coach anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh yeah, what's his name? He was on skin. the final four team. Yep, skin. Yeah.
2: That's what I meant. <laughs> um, um I have good. a bold prediction for, for this team. Um Freddie DeLeon. Back in the fall tonight, did some good things. I I think with these next few games where I mean you play Illinois this weekend and NC State on the road, but those other three games will be a good opportunity for him to get some good experience, good minutes. And he might even play in those two games I mentioned just now too. But I think he's gonna be a key depth guy come conference play.
1: Oh, the kid's the kid has has the talent, you could tell. I mean, and he's also got the attitude. The kid yeah. wants to be on the court, like you said. Um, we were texting during the game, and you even said, like, just coming off with that attitude, he yeah. he's going hard to the, you know, hard to the paint right off the rip. So, and that's what this team needs. And Triple J, man, Triple J is is playing out of his mind right now.
0: Yeah, that was the type of game you needed to see from him too.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
2: that was does, awesome. The last thing I want to say is, does DJ Jefferson? exist or, or is he just a a myth
1: i feel like there's more going on to that though
2: yeah i, I just I, I i would like to know i mean the one thing i've heard is that he's struggling to pick up the offense but i think he's probably one of the most athletic guys we have in the program so it'd be nice to see him get on the floor sometime this year
1: i'm sure we'll see him i mean you can't risk losing a guy like that
0: yeah we're just getting we're just getting them rested for SEC play, Ryan. Nothing to nothing to worry about there. Oh, sure. Um, so you know, we're moving it past George Mason. You know, next on the schedule, you got Illinois on Saturday. Illinois looks like they're about to handle FAU, who's a good team, a really good team. So Illinois legit, I think. I think that's gonna be a good test. I think that's probably one of the games that we kind of underplayed a little bit at the beginning of the season. That looks like it may be a little tougher now than we thought. Um, I don't think that's going to be a – yeah, I mean, they beat, they just beat Florida Atlantic by nine points. I think that's a pretty good win.
1: Oh, they were home, though.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's the reason I think this game on Saturday is a must win. you're playing at home, you need... oh, The crowd
1: needs to show up, please, yeah. for the love of God.
2: You you need a good win before conference play, like this. This should this has to be a game that you win, and I will be disappointed if if we don't do it.
0: Yeah, I mean you don't want to say must win early this season, but it would definitely help things. That's for sure. I mean you'd be five, you'd be sitting at five and three, and you'd have wins over Syracuse, Wisconsin, and Illinois. I mean that looks pretty good yeah
1: this is this is a game though this weekend that tennessee the defense needs to show up there ain't no a it's gonna take five six minutes to just start working it needs to be there from the get-go and and i'm sure that this team's gonna do that but just these past couple games kind of get me a little nervous
2: yeah i i want to see good defense that turns in the buckets on the other end i know it was, I think it was two years ago. We played Arizona around this time last year at home, and we jumped on them immediately. We had like, like seventeen to four lead in like three minutes. If if, if we can do that and in that momentum throughout the whole game, you know, it should be should be a, a win that is not too hard to get. I mean, you're playing at home. You need to ride the momentum. This is the first home game of the year that people are going to be there for. And really be there to be loud. So you, you really need to use that momentum and get this win.
0: So what scares me about it, though, is Illinois is number one in the country in rebounds. They're getting 45.3 rebounds a game. And they're also second in defensive rating. So they play defense and they rebound better than almost anybody. So that that's a little concerning to me. I feel like we don't match up that well with them but like you said, it's at home and hopefully the crowd shows up. That's definitely going to be a game that the crowd needs to get involved. For sure.
1: So uh, can we talk about some lady vols?
0: Yeah, just...
1: please. I uh, You know, and I know a lot, most listeners probably won't li- like, they probably don't watch lady vols like I do. Um, anything Tennessee-related I watch that's on TV. But I don't know what's going on with them. Like, this team is so – they have the talent, and it's just – you're just giving games away at home. They had they had the lead all, all game against Notre Dame. They gave it up, and they get blown out by Ohio State, um, blown out by Indiana. <laughs> I mean, it's just – what's going on with this team?
2: They've – they have been lost in the wilderness, like Moses and the Jewish people, for eleven years. <laughs> like, it, it it is ridiculous that the standard has dropped this far. I mean, we're sitting at four and four in December. Pat Summitt probably would have resigned at four and four in December. Like, the, the standards for Lady Vols basketball should be up there with. Like the same as Alabama football or Duke basketball. Like and, and people at the university whoever has has let it just sink to, to this level. It it's unfathomable.
1: So is it a Kelly Harper thing?
2: I, I don't see how it isn't. I mean, she's been here for this'll be her fifth year, fourth or fifth year. So
1: It's about time. Uh yeah. there's definitely better options that you could go. I mean, like you said, this is like the Duke of men's basketball. And you can get a big time coach to come in and coach his team and uh and now I get it, where they're they're missing their top score, Rokia Jackson, but still, I mean that's like a kinda like a Dalton Connect situation to where with Connect off the floor tonight, we still would have won this game.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh, it's gotta you gotta start looking at the coach there.
0: I mean, I mean it's just it's just uh, underwhelming. I mean, like what are you gonna do, I mean Kelly Harper everybody wanted it. it's like the the good story, you know, like everybody knows she played for Pat, you know everybody wanted it to work out. She's had success everywhere she's been except Tennessee, but just look at her stats since she's been here i mean twenty five and twelve twenty five and nine seventeen and eight twenty one and ten It's not horrible by any stretch, but it's not the standard that we've come to expect no um. And the postseason success, obviously. Yeah,
2: you've been to Sweet 16 twice, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I just like the the overarching, like, you haven't been to an SC, you haven't won an SC tournament championship since 2014. You haven't won the SEC regular season since 2015. You haven't been to an Elite Eight since 2016. You haven't been to Final Four since 2008. Like, what? We're in the wilderness searching for sustenance.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I think most people would put Lady Vols as a blue but blue blood program in women's basketball, right? And for sure, you're not, you haven't been that. I mean, like you said, it's been almost 20 years since you've been to a Final Four.
2: Yeah, and the, I, I, being at the University of Tennessee for for my time there as a student, the the talk was always there's kind of a Lady Vol cult that never wants a man to coach, never wants anybody not associated with the program in some capacity to ever coach it. If, if mm-hmm. we ever want to get back to where we were with Pat, we're going to have to get rid of that mindset. And oh, I hope yeah. I hope Danny White has the the nuts to, to do that because it's, it's just a shame what's happened to the program. I mean, the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame is in downtown Knoxville and the program we have to, to show for is not worthy of that. It, it should be moved to UConn at this point. Like that—that's how far we follow. fallen. I mean, they're not even going to make the tournament at this rate. <laughs> like, no. I mean, we we needed overtime to beat a horrendous Memphis team. Like, it, we're we're lucky to be four and four.
0: Let me ask you all this: At what point do you think it would be? At what point do you think Danny White makes the move? Like
1: the end of this year?
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you lose to Middle Tennessee.
1: Yeah, that, that it's different. It. If you start losing games like that, yes, it's it'll be probably a little bit sooner.
0: It just doesn't seem like the type of move that's going to happen during the season.
1: They no. could still turn it around, though. I mean, don't yeah, get me sure. wrong. Four and four. I mean, you could go on a nice run here, and I mean, they should win these next four games and be eight and four. Yep. And then you get the conference play. Then, then it's you know a little different story. But they don't really have a tough game for, you know, a little bit. And you, you need to get back on track where has got to get healthy. And we'll see after that.
0: I mean, the season's definitely not over by any stretch. It's just a, the the frustrations are boiling over because you, you have a sustained lack of success, really, compared to what is the expectation. And some of that may be unfair because – like Ryan said, I mean, just the expectation that comes along with this program is very, very hard to reach, and 99% of coaches probably will not be able to do it. But that's the same thing. I mean, <laughs> that's how it is when you when you win. I mean, if somebody goes and replaces – whoever replaces Nick Saban at Alabama, they're not going to have a whole lot of patience for that guy if he loses games. And it's Oh, yeah, people. for sure. It's the same thing here. I mean, you're following – and I know, you know – Ryan's favorite coach, Holly Warlick, but there's just there's just an expectation that's not being met. And it's probably not fair to Kelly Harper, but that's how it is.
2: Well, I mean, she knows full well the expectations when she took this job. She, she yeah. was a player of the three-peat in the late 90s. And and you said earlier, I mean, everybody knows it's a good story that Kelly Harper's a coach. I mean, she was the point guard for, for those three years. And I, I like it's it's like if T Martin was the head coach, the the quarterback for the '98 team. Like, yeah. you you can't let the past overshadow what's going on now, just because they did something for you when when they were a player.
0: I do think Tennessee fans are kind of prone to that though, like the rose the rose tinted glasses. Like when Fulmer came back several years ago, and when T was back on the coaching staff a few years ago, it's like. Yeah, it's a cool, cute story, but, like, you know, it, it's not the best person for the job. And that's probably what's going to happen to Kelly unless something miraculous happens. Um, But I think the current trajectory, I mean, do, do we all feel pretty comfortable that she won't be the coach next year?
1: Unless something miraculous happens.
2: I, I, I need her to make at least a Sweet 16 again, if not the Elite Eight, for her to continue to be the coach. When was it?
0: We haven't made an Elite A since like 2014.
2: 2016.
0: Yeah, I mean that's, you know, it's eight years ago. I mean, if you're a blue blood program, which we are, you know, can be eight years between your Sweet 16 appearances. I wouldn't say at least every, you know, couple few
2: years. I mean, it's the the I, I actually like watched them like 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 Jim does. I'm sure you 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 do too, Bryce. They do not play how the Lady Ball should play. They don't get rebounds. They turn the ball over. They blow leads. Like, Ricky Jackson didn't come into the game and give up a layup. That's what a, I was going to
0: say. It's like
2: we, – we, we had a 16-point lead, and yeah. we blew it. Like, it's
0: sloppy. It's not like the teams that we grew up watching, Ryan. You know, like, when we were growing up, it, it was just a different, completely different standard. It's like when you watch – it's what you it's what you see when you watch South Carolina now. It's like the fundamentals are good. You know that they're not going to make stupid mistakes. If they have a lead, they're probably not giving it up.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and
0: it's exactly they're... the opposite now.
2: If all that continues, I mean, I, I, I don't see how she doesn't get shown the door at the end of the season.
0: I mean, do y'all ever feel safe when we have a lead? Because I don't.
2: No. no. Like
0: it's just it's it's. Very strange and disappointing, but like I said, I hope she turns it around. I mean, all of us like Kelly. Like, I, I don't I don't want her to get fired. I, ideally, she would go on a crazy run and, you know, have all the success in the world, but it's just not looking like that's going to be the case.
2: Yeah. You just can't be shy to do what's best for the program if you're Danny Light. So, we'll see.
0: Well, we do have – some little football news to get to so
1: the best part of the day i'm so excited to talk about this
0: (laughs) so we'll start with the negative news first get that out of the way um jim you want to update everybody on mr pierce
1: i mean is it really negative though
2: (laughs) well he was charged with speeding driving on a suspended license failure to present insurance Registration improperly displayed and improper window tinting.
1: Okay, so as a ex-cop, I'm going to tell you right now, okay, that is not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, they're going to give him a slap on the wrist, tell him not to do it again. It's fine. Uh, I've seen people with worse get you know still play professional sports. So, course, um, so honestly, you
0: know, to me, it sounded like he was probably being a smartass, and the cop yeah. just like threw some charge on him,
1: or just telling him like, "Do you know who I am?" Yeah. The, yeah. You know, yeah, type thing. I I'm, I'm the leading I'm the second leading sacker in the SEC and the cops are probably like I don't watch football. So I have no idea what you're talking about.
2: See the the, the thing to me is like 20-year-olds like they're prone to being this way, they're prone to make, to making mistakes. But for me it it's about what what happens from now on. Like you you need to make sure that he's staying in line now. Like this can't happen again or you'll end up like Georgia. Well, yeah, that's... Where you, where you end up in a tragedy where you're speeding. This is the third driving-related incident this year with, with, with the players on the team, so you can end it like, like Georgia ended it.
1: But, yeah, hey, but, but like the latest, greatest Astro Smokey says, I mean, Tennessee's back, right? I mean, after that, <laughs> it, that's it. We're back.
2: Yep. I mean, that's
0: but, the thing. I don't want, like, people... To, this this could also be clipped out of context, and, and it, this could age poorly, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't want people to make some big thing out of this, like Josh Heupel doesn't have control over the program or something. Like, I don't want any stupid takes like that. Like you said, Ryan, it's college kids that have egos, and I mean, so far nothing egregious has happened. I mean, every program in the nation, when you have ninety kids on the team, like they're going to do some stupid shit every once in a while. I don't think it's that big of a deal.
2: Yeah. Um, it, it's it, it, not it's, like,
0: I mean, none of our players have killed anybody. Like so, other SEC teams, can't say that. So,
2: yeah, I mean, it, it just can't become a pattern. That's yep. that's the the concern, and I, I'm sure it won't because the one time a player has done something like this is Liberty's current quarterback, Caden Salter. He got popped for weed with, with within a month of each other twice, and he was gone. So, Hypo set that precedent. As far as team discipline off the field, so um, I'm sure he has everything under control. It's just the college kids being college kids. So,
0: well, we got some pretty good news. Um, I guess it's not really technically official, but we can still talk about it. So it looks like John Campbell's coming back.
1: Oh can no, that's know? official. That he, he's coming back.
2: Yep. Volker supported it and he put out his video, which was hilarious, by the way.
0: Yeah, it was great. And I wish I hope that people realize how big of a deal that is because our three most important linemen are all returning.
1: Well, see, that's where we don't know yet. Cooper still hasn't really said like officially that he's coming back, but everyone just expects that he is.
0: I just think like yeah, you're right. I mean I would I'm not gonna write about it or anything yet, but mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty good indicator that Spraggins and Coop didn't didn't participate in any of the festivities. I don't know why you wouldn't if you're not coming back. I mean
2: Yeah. I mean, things the, can change, but Yeah. The the tea leaves from based on what, what I've been reading on VolQuest and, and elsewhere, the team feels good about Omar Norman Lott and Omar a. Thomas coming back for another year too.
1: Oh my god, yeah, and Keenan Peely.
2: Yes, and like this
1: this team could potentially be really scary next year. And I'm not saying we're winning the Natty or anything like that, but going from, I mean, at the beginning of this offseason, we were all talking about how how much we were losing, but we're not really losing that much. Yeah, it's I looking mean, like
0: it's not going to be as bad as we thought it was going to be.
1: Absolutely, and that's great because, I mean, if you keep Pierce in there, you get another edge, you got Jordan Ross coming in, you got Boo Carter coming in, Mike Matthews, Brandon Saylor. I can go on for – I got the big list, you know, and that's fantastic, fantastic. And Keenan Peely is a dog, bro, and I, I felt so bad that he got hurt because – that dude can play some football, and he's a leader on the field, and getting him back is a big, big deal.
0: So did we see, is it official that he is going to get an exemption?
1: So I think I think he's, So I can't remember who exactly tweeted it, but it was someone from 247, mm. and I'm pretty sure it's for sure he's coming back. And it, I, I'm going with he is coming back because no one said he isn't. And, um, yeah, I again, that's, honestly, other than Amari Thomas, I feel like that's our biggest one coming back so far. And Norman Lott, too. He's played incredibly as well.
0: Yeah. Dude, just imagine, like, uh, Norman Lott comes back, Big O comes back, and Walter Nolan, <laughs> just imagine.
1: Walter that Nolan, way. that's one we definitely got to talk about. I feel like... He's going to be wanting a bag, though. You know, he's for yeah.
0: sure. He'll want quarterback money, probably. Um, but I do want to talk about just real quick before we get into who we want. The we do have a couple people that have entered the transfer portal. Yep. Now, granted, they can come back. They, a lot of times, people will, you know, try to gauge the interest and they'll come back. Which, honestly, Warren Burrell, who cares? Brandon Turnage, who cares? Uh Addison Nichols is probably the only one that could matter.
2: Yeah. Well, so the thing about – I'm sorry, Bryce, to jump in here. No, um, go ahead. He was highly rated. He was one of the gems of Hypel's first class. But a lot of the rumors make it seem like he showed up the fall camp horrendously out of shape, and he just hasn't even put in the work necessary to even sniff the field. So I don't know if that's that big of a loss either, if, he, if he's not going to put in the work.
0: And then you have Mo Clipper Junior. and Jack Luttrell. So
1: Nobody. Jack was probably the only like one that really caught people off guard.
2: Yeah, because he was just a freshman. He wasn't a redshirt freshman. Yeah, I mean, and he probably
0: was in line for some playing time pretty soon. But
2: well, that might mean they've told him we're looking at guys to put over you. Maybe that's that, 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 that's the positive spin at least.
0: Well, it's kind of <laughs> nice though because. I mean, we could have a complete overhaul of the secondary, pretty much.
2: Yep, for sure. So, but like the five we just mentioned, nobody that's crucial.
1: Yeah, so. well, at least not yet. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. time left, yeah, but sure. we're still the in the game. Name. The one shoot.
2: big,
0: <laughs> the one big name has not thrown his name in there yet. Uh, so I don't
1: think he is. I, I don't I, either. I think. I mean. You got to keep him. That Especially with Wright leaving, how do you not keep him? You, I mean, you wouldn't
2: he, just, just just take the 500K that Wright was getting this year and transfer it directly to him. Simple.
0: Yeah, okay. I mean, wouldn't he have announced it by now? Because, I mean, the deadline was – I know like it opened yesterday, but I feel like he probably would have already had people in his ear. Yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, so, I mean, like Jim said – Pretty great start to the portal so far. I don't think you can be disappointed at all. I mean, we thought we were losing several guys that we now know we're probably not going to. So,
1: Well, we also have the number one receiver and tight end coming to town this weekend to, for a visit. Um, Justin Jolly, which I, we, we spoke that into existence. So I don't care what anyone <laughs> says. Vol Twitter. Like, I don't know if you've seen every other post that he uh, got off you know, Twitter had like twenty to forty thousand views. Ours has like almost a million. So, it, I feel like that's a done deal. I think. Well, he's I mean, coming. he
0: know This is just proof that Danny White reads our tweets.
1: Oh, you know he does. I you do not? Vol Twitter is absolutely bonkers. You'd be silly not to. I mean, look at all the ideas he got for the stadium. I mean, yeah. it, most of it's from Vol Twitter. <laughs>
0: I mean Vault Twitter gets coaches fired. We get recruits scholarships. I mean it's pretty incredible. I, I really hope we get Justin Jolly just for the memes. But and hey, he's a hell of a player. I what mean, about he,
1: I want I want Juice Wells not only because he's good, but I just want to shove it in the game <laughs> face, bro. Like he you know, the whole time he just wanted to be on a winning team. So uh he wants to play in bowl games.
2: Dude, those, yeah, I mean, um, South Carolina right now is in shambles, shambles. They have like, <laughs> they're, they're, they're close to 20 players in the transfer portal right, right right now.
1: Yeah. Rattler's gone. Like, oh my God. It's like,
2: it turns out you're all shucks. Let's go get them guys and be happy for beating Jacksonville state. Doesn't play well. you dumbass. Yeah.
0: Your weirdo coach that like takes moral victories from barely beating FCS teams. That's like, that's just embarrassing. And I hope it backfires tremendously. So, yeah, uh, Arkansas okay. is losing a ton of people, too. Like, and this is kind of what I was wanting to talk about a little bit. So, I feel like Tennessee is in a very fortunate position where we have an amazing fan base, amazing amount of money. We have a great NIO collective, a great group of alumni. And I feel like we're in a pretty good position right now for the future. Oh, yeah, girl. If, yeah, if you're someone like Juice Wells, like I'm not trying to be a homer at all, but like if you're someone like Juice Wells, why would you stay at South Carolina? Like what? Uh, uh, why would anybody, unless you're from there and just are a fan of the team, why would you, why would anybody go to South Carolina or Arkansas right now?
1: I mean, there's no reason other than staying home. Exactly. But that's that's about it. I mean, dude, this kid, he, he, there's a reason he didn't play this year. He he wanted to get fully healthy to hit that transfer portal and the only team, I mean, obviously it's off of uh, on 3, the only team that he's probably, you know, a good spot of going is Texas. But um I know I I know the number he's asking for and I just don't know if Tennessee's going to give it to him.
2: So, uh, I I kind of want to talk about who we for sure offered so far. Justin Jolie, of course. You Is it A. Jolie
1: or is it Jolly?
2: I've heard Jolie, which Jolly sounds cooler, but I'll I'll go with Jolie for now.
1: J <laughs> Jaws, that's what I'm calling J Jaws.
2: J J. The tr- the uh, J
1: to the J, yeah.
2: So he's you know 6'4", <laughs> 215, perfect size for the offense we run. Eleven point two yards per catch last year. Mm. Incredible. We've already offered him. Oh, he's um, coming, boys. I mean, he he you. He's coming. And then um, going on from him, we got, we've got we offered Marley Cook, 6'2", 300-pound defensive lineman from, from MTSU, all-conference level, and a, a team captain at, at Middle Tennessee. I think that's a good good pickup if we can get him. We've offered Remington Strickland, four-star offensive lineman from A&M. And this last one is the most in, intriguing to me. I would like to hear, hear y'all's opinion on it. Uh, Saeed Gibbs, six foot one eighty cornerback from oh. Rhode, from Rhode Island, FCS yep. freshman, All American. Bro, you I watched
1: this. I watched this tape today. That dude, he's gonna have some offers. That guy is good.
2: So, yeah, the, 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 those four that I, I think those are all terrific offers, and I think we'll have, of course, more than that. So I think we're doing oh. amazing so far.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it just it, it just started. The portal just opened. There's going to be a lot more names that, you know, drip in there. Um, but I what I want to get to is what's coming in two days. Mm-hmm. I think Tennessee is about to land a five-star offensive tackle. Well,
2: 247, a uh, big highfalutin, high-up guy, 247, said so we're in a great spot for him. And it looks like it's going to come down to us, Ohio State, and Oregon. So... I just he the he is the target for us, and whatever he asks for, I think we should give him. Uh, he he, a, he's yeah. a program changing type player.
1: I know that number too. Trust me, you'd be sick.
2: <laughs> well, if-
1: it's no, it's worth it. It's worth it. Um, and he's he's going to be a, probably an immediate starter, and I think he could do it. The kid's six six, two ninety. I mean. Uh I I just want to say the quote of what you were just talking about Steve, uh, Steve Wolfong off of 247 who's the the biggest recruiter on 247's page um mm-hmm. says as the dust starts to settle on De- and December 17th draws near I like the way this is starting to sound for Tennessee. Let's go. And that's a huge 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 get and Hypel, I'm pretty sure is doing a in-home visit tomorrow mm-hmm. and if I'm him I don't know. I can't remember. Sorry for whoever I am taking this from. I can't remember who I saw it on Twitter from, but uh, he needs to bring Boo. He needs to bring. Yes. He needs to bring Boo and someone else, Mike Matthews or Braylon Staley, and you need to go recruit him or another offensive lineman, Max Anderson, somebody.
0: Oh, dude, Boo has been Boo has been a great recruiter. Mister like,
1: Football, bro, Mister Football.
0: Yeah, he's awesome. Um,
1: he's which, early and Willie too. I just found out. Awesome, he's he'll be practicing with the for the bowl practices. I'm pretty sure. Love it. I'm telling you, I I I tweeted it way back when. Is he will have a statue one day? I don't know (laughs) what it is. This kid is just he's electric.
2: He he seems different. Yes, absolutely. From a different fabric than than most kids. So, okay, I think. If we want to go ahead and move on, Bryce, do you have anything else on portal and anything?
0: Yeah, I was just going to tell you guys that uh, Rocket Sanders just entered the portal, so Arkansas losing Ooh. their best player other than KJ.
1: Well, I think he's going to end up going to uh, pro- – well, I don't know. I, what do you guys think about this college football thing, The the playoff with Florida State being out? Does that hurt Florida State's recruiting trail because – the fact that they're kept out at 13-0 conference champions and they're kept out just because of a you know quarterback issue or whatever. That's,
0: I think that's a really good point because, well, granted, we don't know what's going to happen with the ACC, but I don't know if you all saw at the beginning of this season, FSU was pissed at the ACC. So who knows what's going to happen, but that's a great point because – If you're a top recruit and your ultimate goal is to win championships, I think you would look at this and be like, oh, well, if I go to the ACC, I'm going to get dicked over by an SEC team if all things are equal. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand why you would – I mean, Florida State's a great job. It's a great school. Like, they have a lot of tradition. I don't think they'll have a problem getting recruits. But I think where it will hurt them – could hurt them is if it's Florida state or Alabama or the last final two schools for somebody, I think that will factor in. It's like, well, as Alabama and other SEC schools are always going to get the benefit of the doubt over the ACC schools.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why what you're talking about Sanders is I think that's a great fit for him. But yeah, You look at that, and you look at him, and it's like, hey, I could just go play for an Alabama or Georgia, Tennessee, whoever, and still have a chance to play for a national title.
0: Well, and that makes a lot of sense because he's from there, too. So, that could – he's from Florida, so.
1: He could go play for Florida. Who knows? I mean – Oh,
2: God. I wouldn't – Because
1: they got – think about it. leaving. So. Mm -mm -mm.
2: So – very, There's a lot, of, lot of
1: excitement going around.
0: A lot of quarterbacks are in the portal, a lot of quarterbacks. Now, obviously, I don't think we should be in the market for them, but it, it's going to be interesting. It could definitely have an impact on the SEC because look at all the the schools that could be in the running for that. You know, like you have – who knows what KJ is going to do. We don't really know anything yet. I mean, he said – They said he was going in the portal, and then he refuted it a little bit. So, who knows? But, like, Will Rogers of Mississippi State, there's some rumors that Dylan Gabriel could go to Mississippi State because of his Um, Wow,
1: You're not going to win there, though.
2: Why why would you go from Oklahoma to Mississippi State?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it would have to be strictly a coach just because of the coach. I mean, I do think, though – what do you guys think about Florida? So, I don't know about Graham Mertz. I mean, Graham Mertz is not going to be a top draft pick or anything. So, I, I don't think Florida should be totally out of the running for these transfer portal quarterbacks.
2: Probably uh, not.
1: I, I think Mertz is their guy for next year, for sure. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like that's a Billy Napier thing. <laughs> what
0: about – uh, uh Brock Vandegrift from Georgia.
1: Yeah, he seems uh I think Kentucky was wanting yep. him, but dude's 5 years of playing at Georgia and still not a starter, so I feel like yeah. it's just he's played 3 games I think or something like that.
0: Mhm. Yeah.
1: So, it's it's interesting. It's, it, it, it's it's I mean, you got
0: you got Tyler Van Dyke out there, you know, ton of starting experience at Miami. You got um, Dante Moore from UCLA, Cameron Ward from Washington State. So it'll be interesting, not for Tennessee, obviously, but it'll be interesting just to see where these guys end up and how that kind of changes the landscape.
2: Yeah, I think for wherever it ties into Tennessee for any type of transfer quarterback is looking for a backup. So probably somebody who's not, you know, probably somebody who's looking to go into coaching after – like, just, just somebody who's competent enough to learn an offense and run it, you know, averagely if Nico were to, were to go down and Mertlinger w- wasn't good enough yet to take over the keys. So, I mean, just this, this guys that are middle of the road, not looking for the NFL, that's probably who we would be looking at for a transfer quarterback.
0: Somebody tweeted it to me, and I apologize. I don't remember who it was, but somebody suggested A.J. Swan from Vanderbilt would be a good, like, emer- like backup for Nico and I actually don't hate that. I don't know if he would want to be a backup though. He yeah.
1: well, I I just don't see him being a starter in the SEC if if you get what I'm saying.
0: That's true. He might he might, you know, prefer to be a backup in the SEC to a starter for like Akron.
1: Yeah, well, he, yeah, I just don't see him going to a school like that. But I could see him going to a maybe a smaller like Big 12 school or maybe even like a backup for Colorado type situation, you know, yeah. to where he wants to just I don't know. It may it's kind of confusing.
0: <laughs> Cuz he wasn't even a, like a he wasn't even like the starter of Vanderbilt. Like yeah. him and Seals split time, you know. So, one of them would be a decent. I mean, you could do worse than that as your backup, but it'll be interesting. I love transfer portal season, man. There's a lot Oh of, yeah. This this is going to
1: be topic of discussion for on this podcast a lot um you know plenty of time left Uh, like i said thursday we're gonna have to do a podcast after if he announces he's coming to tennessee yeah
0: Yeah, expect some some emergency pods in the next month or two (laughs) because hopefully we'll get the chance to do a couple if you know some big stuff happens so we'll see
2: yeah well so guys um uh I really want to talk about. I know we kind of touched on it. The I want to hear everybody's thoughts on the actual decision that the playoff committee came down to, putting in Alabama over Florida State.
1: I think it was a, a business decision.
2: I think, hundred yeah, percent.
1: Because you think about it, you keep Alabama out of here. The only team I'm pretty like excited about to watch is Texas. Yep. Yeah. Yeah because it'd be a boring playoff if a team like Alabama or Georgia wasn't in it.
2: Yeah, it's it's just – they got it 100% correct if you talk about four best teams.
1: I don't think that either, though.
2: Well, I I was about to say Georgia's probably one of the four best teams.
1: Georgia's better than Washington and better than Texas. Yeah, probably. I think Alabama proved it. I'm not going to say that they're better than Alabama. Alabama won but i still think it's a very close race with that situation.
2: Yeah, the, it's just the thing about the playoff is they they've never had any this is what we decide on, this is what we're going to like this is what we're going to weigh more than the other. There's never been anything like that. Well, There's-
0: it's here's the thing about it. And this is all you need to know in my opinion to anybody who uh, who doesn't think Florida State got screwed or doesn't think it was a business decision. And shout-out to Astro Smokey. He wrote an amazing piece on our website. Everybody go check it out if you haven't. But let me ask you guys this. If Deion Sanders was the coach of FSU, would they have been left out?
1: No. No. no.
0: Absolutely not because it's all about ratings. And, and the logic – so when people say Florida State would have got killed, they're not one of the four best teams without their quarterback. That's true. We all agree with that. Like Florida state with Tate Rodemaker is not one of the four best teams. However, this is the argument I was making two years ago with Cincinnati. And it was the argument I made last year with TCU. Cincinnati was not one of the four best teams in the country, but the committee didn't care. They put them in anyway, because of their resume. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, all of a sudden the committee is changing what they prioritize and Oh well, it's actually not about resume anymore. Now it's about competitive games. bullshit Two years ago it was just about resume
2: yep
0: it, it just it's so hypocritical that this is the same committee that put Cincinnati and TCU in just because they went undefeated. okay, but you don't do that for Florida State because they'll get killed. Well, guess what Cincinnati got killed and TCU was a part of the most boring championship game of all time. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, Rating. the logic is just not consistent. And that's what makes me mad about it, is because it, there's no consistency from year to year. It's all of, like NVF said, it's all about ratings. That's all they care about. They don't care about being consistent, they don't care about rewarding the most deserving team. It's just about what will do best for TV.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, it's it, like we said, if you're putting the best four teams out of the top six, I mean, Georgia, Alabama, 100%. I'd still put Texas over a couple of them, and I think Michigan's in there. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I was going to bring up Michigan. Like, if the committee's going to dock Florida State for losing their quarterback, why wouldn't they dock Michigan for allegedly cheating the last two years? Like, because
0: it's an intriguing storyline. Like, exactly. it, be it, like all,
2: it all comes back to ratings. Like, Yeah.
0: And, I mean, like NVF said, I, I think Georgia would absolutely beat the dog shit out of Washington. And Michigan, yeah, Yeah, probably, but you know, it's it is what it is. I mean, I don't think anybody's really too surprised to know to hear us say that (laughs) the people in charge are invested in great TV ratings. I mean, that's not gonna that's not a bold take,
1: right? Uh, Who knows, man? There is so much stuff going on in the with the NCAA in general to where it's got to be fixed.
0: Yeah. Well, we get a twelve teamer next year, so
1: gonna be interesting. Gonna be interesting. And honestly, now I mean, like I said, we did our predictions for the season before the off season. I can't wait to where it gets close enough to where we can predict after the transfer portal recruiting and all that stuff for the balls because it's starting to look real good.
0: Oh yeah. Our like July episodes are gonna be fire.
1: Oh yeah, it's good. You know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll keep it on the low key at this point.
0: Anything else y'all want to get to tonight?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm good. I, I, I got a lot out. I, I feel like I said, Thursday, we'll probably be back on here. I'm really starting to feel a lot more confident.
2: Come home, Jordan. Please. Go balls, baby. Go balls.